Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Bible in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's voice and live life through the lens of Scripture. The Bible in a Year podcast is brought to you by Ascension. Using the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, we'll read all the way from Genesis to Revelation, discovering how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. It is day 53, and we are, we are continuing along with our journey into Numbers and Deuteronomy as I mentioned yesterday, one of the things that happens at the very beginning of Numbers is kind of a lot of numbers and a lot of details. We're going to pick up the narrative in a couple days, but in the meantime, Deuteronomy has Moses giving us the narrative. He is giving us that kind of big overview of the journey of the people of Israel through the wilderness, and he's going to do it in basically, I don't know, like one verse. He actually, he will do it in a couple different chapters, but there is even one of the verses in chapter two of Deuteronomy where Moses just basically says, and we were there for 38 years. And it was kind of like, oh, and it was over just like that. So what we have is in numbers, we're having the setup. We have the scene. We have all the tribes of Israel, right? There's the 12 tribes of Israel that are gathered around the tabernacle. That's what we're looking at for numbers. And then in Deuteronomy, it is the story of numbers, but just kind of retold because Deuteronomy is the end of the wilderness journeys. And it begins with Moses. Well, it is Moses basically summing up. Here was our journey. And here is the law that the Lord is calling you to live. So that's what we're reading today. Again, Numbers chapter one, Deuteronomy chapter two, and then we're praying Psalm 85. As always, the Bible translation that I'm using is the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition using the Great Adventure Bible from Ascension. If you want to be able to follow along and see where we're going, you can download your Bible in a Year reading plan by visiting ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a Year. You can also subscribe to the podcast app. Once again, reading from Numbers chapter two, Deuteronomy chapter 2 and Psalm 85. Numbers chapter 2, order of encampment and marching. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, The sons of Israel shall encamp each by his own standard with the ensigns of their fathers' houses. They shall encamp facing the tent of meeting on every side. Those to encamp on the east side toward the sunrise shall be of the standard of the camp of Judah by their companies. The leader of the people of Judah being Nashon, the son of Amminadab, his host as numbered, being 74,600. Those to encamp next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar, the leader of the people of Issachar being Nethanal, the son of Zuar, his host being numbered 54,400. Then the tribe of Zebulun, the leader of the people of Zebulun being Eliab, the son of Helon, his host as numbered being 57,400. The whole number of the camp of Judah by their companies is 186,400. They shall set out first on the march. On the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben by their companies, the leader of the people of Reuben being Elizur, the son of Shedeur, his host as numbered being 46,500. And those to encamp next to him shall be the tribe of Simeon, the leader of the people of Simeon being Shalumiel, the son of Zerushadai, his host as numbered being 59,300. Then the tribe of Gad, the leader of the people of Gad being Elisaph, the son of Reuel, his host as numbered being 45,650. The whole number of the camp of Reuben by their companies is 151,450. They shall set out second. Then the tent of meeting shall set out, with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camps. As they encamp, so shall they set out. 
each in position, standard by standard. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim by their companies, the leader of the people of Ephraim being Elishema, the son of Amihud, his host as numbered being 40,500. And next to him shall be the tribe of Manasseh, the leader of the people of Manasseh being Gamaliel, the son of Pedajur, his host as numbered being 32,200. Then the tribe of Benjamin, the leader of the people of Benjamin, being Abidan, the son of Gideoni, his host as numbered being 35,400. The whole number of the camp of Ephraim by their companies is 108,100. They shall set out third on the march. On the north side shall be the standard of the camp of Dan by their companies, the leader of the people of Dan being Ahiezar, the son of Amishadai his host as numbered being 62,700. And those to encamp next to him shall be the tribe of Asher, the leader of the people of Asher being Pagiel, the son of Okran, his host as numbered being 41,500. Then the tribe of Naphtali, the leader of the people of Naphtali being Ahira, the son of Enan, his host as numbered being 53,400. The whole number of the camp of Dan is a hundred and fifty-seven thousand six hundred. They shall set out last, standard by standard. These are the sons of Israel, as numbered by their fathers' houses, all in the camps who were numbered by their companies were six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty. But the Levites were not numbered among the sons of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses. Thus did the sons of Israel. According to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so they encamped by their standards, and so they set out every one in his family, according to his father's house. The Book of Deuteronomy, Chapter 2 The Years in the Wilderness Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea, as the Lord told me. And for many days we went about Mount Sire. Then the Lord said to me, You have been going about this mountain country long enough. Turn northward and command the people, you are about to pass through the territory of your brethren, the sons of Esau, who lived in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. So take good heed and do not contend with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as for the sole of the foot to tread on, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. You shall purchase food from them for money that you may eat, and you shall also buy water of them for money that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He knows you're going through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. So we went on, away from our brethren, the sons of Esau, who lived in Seir, away from the Arabah road to Eleth and Ezion Geber. And we turned and went in the direction of the wilderness of Moab. And the Lord said to me, do not harass Moab or contend with them in battle, for I will not give you any of their land for a possession, because I have given Ar to the sons of Lot for a possession. The Amim formerly lived there, a people great and many, and tall as the Anakim. Like the Anakim, they are also known as Rephaim, but the Moabites called them Imim. The Horites also lived in Seir formerly, but the sons of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from before them, and settled in their stead, as Israel did to the land of their possession, which the Lord gave to them. Now rise up, and go over to the brook Zered. So we went over to the brook Zered. And the time from our leaving Kadesh Barnea until we crossed the brook Zered was thirty-eight years, 
until the entire generation, that is, the men of war, had perished from the camp, as the Lord had sworn to them. For indeed the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from the camp until they had perished. So when all the men of war had perished and were dead from among the people, the Lord said to me, This day you are to pass over the boundary of Moab at Ar. And when you approach the frontier of the sons of Ammon, do not harass them or contend with them, for I will not give you any of the land of the sons of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the sons of Lot for a possession. That also is known as a land of Rephaim. Rephaim formerly lived there, but the Ammonites called them Zamzumim, a people great and many, and tall as the Anakim. But the Lord destroyed them before them, and they dispossessed them, and settled in their stead, as he did for the sons of Esau, who lived in Seir, when he destroyed the Horites before them, and they dispossessed them, and settled in their stead even to this day. As for the Avim, who lived in villages as far as Gaza, the Kaftarim, who came from Kaftor, destroyed them, and settled in their stead. Rise up, take your journey, and go over the valley of Arnon. Behold, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to take possession, and contend with him in battle. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the peoples that are under the whole heavens, who shall hear the report of you, and shall tremble, and be in anguish because of you. The Defeat of Sihon, the King of Heshbon so I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedemoth to Sihon the king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying, Let me pass through your land, and I will go only by the road. I will turn aside neither to the right nor to the left. You shall sell me food for money that I may eat, and give me water for money that I may drink. Only let me pass through on foot, as the sons of Esau who lived in Seir and the Moabites who lived in Ar did for me, until I go over the Jordan into the land which the Lord our God gives us. But Sihon the king of Heshbon would not let us pass by him, for the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate, that he might give him into your hand, as at this day. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to take possession, that you may occupy his land. Then Sihon came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Jahaz. And the Lord our God gave him over to us, and we defeated him and his sons and all his people, and we captured all his cities at that time and utterly destroyed every city, men, women, and children. We left none remaining, only the cattle we took as spoil for ourselves with the booty of the cities which we captured. From Arawer, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, and from the city that is in the valley as far as Gilead, there was not a city too high for us. The Lord our God gave all into our hands. Only to the land of the sons of Ammon you did not draw near, that is, to all the banks of the river Jabbok and the cities of the hill country, and wherever the Lord our God forbade us. The Book of Psalms, Psalm 85 Prayer for the Restoration of God's Favor To the Choirmaster A Psalm of the Sons of Korah Lord, you were favorable to your land. You brought back the captives of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your merciful love, O Lord and grant us your salvation. 
Let me hear what the Lord God will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for trusting us and, and entrusting your word to us. We thank you for sharing um, who you are. We thank you for sharing that you are faithful to your promises, that you are faithful to your people. And we thank you for giving us the opportunity today to come into contact with you through the power of your word proclaimed. And we thank you in the midst of confusion. We thank you in the midst of not being inspired, or we thank you in the midst of, of clarity and in the midst of being uh, illuminated and inspired and moved forward by your grace and your spirit. Because Lord God, whenever your word is proclaimed, whenever it's read or heard, we know that you are present and we know that you are telling us something. You're revealing something of your heart to us and re you're revealing something of our hearts to ourselves. So, Lord God, where there is confusion, give us clarity. And where there is dullness, give us inspiration. Where there is a lack of zeal, give us a great joy and a love for you this day and every day, Lord God. We ask this of you in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, here we have, as I said yesterday, there's good news and there's bad news. We have the book of Numbers, which at, at first glance, could seem like okay so you're just you're just organizing uh when you how you camp and that's true and also how they march so as we noted before the tent the center of the camp is the tabernacle right the presence of god and right around them right around that right the presence of god are the levites and that then to the east to the west to the north and to the south are the 12 tribes of israel and we got the numbering of them, but also it's important to know not just the numbering of them, but to note the order. You might have noticed this, and we talked about this back in the book of Genesis, that the first of the tribes was Judah. In fact, you might have even recognized the name of the leader of the tribe of Judah. He was uh, Nashon, the son of Aminadab. And you, like, how would I recognize that name? Well, you'd recognize that name if you knew Matthew's gospel. Uh, the opening of Matthew's gospel Matthew gives a genealogy, and the genealogy is from Abraham all the way down to Joseph, all the way down to Jesus, essentially. And we go through a list of names of the tribe of Judah, because here's Jesus who comes from the tribe of Judah. And so that first tribe, remember, Judah was the fourth of Israel's sons. He wasn't the first son, and yet he was selected as the one who would receive, essentially, yeah, that birthright blessing, that the, the blessing to the whole world would come through the tribe of Judah. But it's interesting to note, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but you note that Judah was first on the east next to the tabernacle, but also Judah would be the first to march. They'd be the first to march whenever they would go up into battle. They'd be the first to march as they go out into the wilderness. And there's that phrase, I remember Jeff Cavins teaching me this years ago, the phrase, let Judah go up first. And so Judah goes up first. Well, Judah, 
the name Judah means praise. And that is so fitting for us. Here's the here's God. Again, in Numbers chapter 2, which we could just think, okay, bunch of names, bunch of numbers, bunch of directions, north, south, east, west, doesn't really tell me a lot. Actually, it tells us a ton. Not only does it tell us that God is a God of order, right? That that these are people that he's bringing together. Remember, remember they were formerly slaves. And they don't have any order. So when we have like the Levitical laws, when we have the laws of Deuteronomy, once again, being proclaimed by Moses as we go forward in these next couple of days, remember that God is making them into a people, a people who have the strength to be free. It could, because, I mean, think about how difficult it would be to live your entire life for generations, generations of slaves. And then all of a sudden you have your freedom. And all of a, then all of a sudden you're in the wilderness. And then all of a sudden you're, you're being reminded of who you are as a people. So it's so important here that the tribes of Israel are being divided up into their families, right? Into the families of Israel. And what that does is it reminds them, oh, this is my identity. Not only am I one of the tribes of Israel, I'm this tribe of Israel. And not only is it this kind of generic tribe or generic family, but it's not. It's this specific family under this specific head of the family. And there's something so powerful about knowing your identity here. And so God is giving them order. He's giving them their identity. And again, they're ordered all around the tabernacle. The presence of God is at the center of everything they are and everything that they do. Why? Because they were formerly slaves and God is training them to be the kind of people who can live freely people who can live um, live well, right? They can, they can actually not abuse freedom, but will actually live in freedom. Now, obviously, the story is a lot bumpier than that. They do not necessarily do this, but he is shaping them and forming them into the kind of people that can be free. So that's the order of the camp. And Judah goes up first, right? Praise goes up first. And that's a lesson for all of us um, when it comes to how we begin our day. It's it's so important for us to at least take a moment to praise God and to let praise go up first and and even to praise his faithfulness. So in the book of Deuteronomy today, in Deuteronomy chapter two, we have a number of times where here is Moses, again, he's recapping their journey and they go through the land of the Edomites, right? And they say, he says, don't, don't attack them. Why? Because Edomites are the descendants of Esau. Remember, Esau is the brother of, twin brother of Jacob, AKA Israel. And so, no, they're your family. So you're not going to attack them and you're going to dwell peacefully with them and they're going to sell you food and water and you're going to buy it and you're going to, and you're going to like it. Um, And then we're going to go into the land of Ammon and that is the land of Lot, right? Lot, the uh, nephew of Abraham. You're not going to attack them either because, because they're your family. They're distant family, but, but still not only are they your family, but I gave them this land. I gave Esau and his descendants, the Edomites, this land. I gave Lot and his descendants, the Ammonites, this land. And so I am faithful and I'm going to give you your land too, but it's not this land. And that's again, so, so vitally important for all of us to understand uh, this, this depth of, we can praise God for his faithfulness. And then Moses recounts the, the battle that is there in Numbers chapter 21. We'll get to that in roughly 18 or 19 days from now, but against Sihon, the king of the Amorites. And again, one of the times that, one of the things that can bother us, we could say, this is so great. Here is uh, the people of Israel being led 
past the Edomites. And no, no wars. That's awesome. That's so good. And there's peace. Um, and led past the Ammonites and, and the descendants of Lot. And that's good. And there's peace. But then we're going to encounter battles. We're going to encounter violence. And that can really disturb us because we're not necessarily accustomed to associating violence with God. I mean, that's, I mean, that's one of the things that we are typically not accustomed with. And at the same time, we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And there's, there, there are ways to understand this, but the first thing I have to do is say, okay, I'm going to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. If I am not really comfortable with the notion, with the idea, with the reality that as the people of Israel came into possession of the promised land, they had to fight for it. And if I'm not comfortable with that, I just, I I invite you to hang on still, hang on still, because there is an explanation. It's not to explain it away, but it is to understand more deeply. What is it that God is doing in the midst of a violent world? God does not desire violence for its own sake at all. He doesn't desire death. In fact, in the book of wisdom, he says, God does not make death, nor does he rejoice in the destruction of the living So we know that the heart of God is not one that rejoices in violence at all, at all, and doesn't rejoice in death at all, at all. But we live in a broken world and in a violent world. We live in a world where um, that is what we do to each other. There is depth of explanation about this. My invitation for all of us is to hold on, hold on, because there is an explanation coming. But also there is a lot of violence coming too. And that's part of our story. It's kind of like when we have a family and we'd say, you know, we have great times. We also have some big fights. We have some really great, you know, heroes in our family. We also have some kind of some scoundrels in our family. We have some great moments of glory in our families and we have some great moments of shame in our families. And this is the family of God. And the family of God is very, very similar. So as I said, please hang on. Uh, because it all is going to make sense. I promise it is all going to make sense. In the meantime, let Judah go up first. In the meantime, let praise go up first. In the meantime, we situate our lives like the Israelites situated their tents and their families and their tribes around the tabernacle. We center God in the midst of our lives. And when he's in the midst of our lives and praise goes up first, then um, there's nothing that can stop us because he's at the center. And we're on his side. Keep praying for each other. You, you guys, it's day 53 and we're we are moving along. But it sometimes can get easy to get bogged down, easy to get distracted, easy to get um, off track. So let's stay on track and let's give God the praise that is due today. My name is Father Mike. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless. Mm-hmm.